Well, it's really great to be with you, and I just should report, for those of you who are interested, that Tim Sayat did finally get married yesterday, so that's a good thing, isn't it? We wouldn't, weren't sure it was going to happen until she actually turned up, but she did, so we thank God for Charlotte, and that uh, he got married. It was a great day. I want, to, um, I want to begin this morning by thinking about air, you know, the stuff we breathe. A-I-R, air. It's such amazing stuff, isn't it? I don't know if you've ever stopped to give it a thought. You're using it all the time. But um, it is incredible stuff. Common air is actually what makes it possible for planes to fly. Without air, obviously they wouldn't fly. If you pressurize common everyday air in ballast tanks... It enables nuclear submarines to travel to the depths of the world's oceans and stay there for months at a time. Uh, Common everyday air in the form of a tornado or a cyclone uh, can pick up a lorry and and toss it around or it can smash a house to bits. If you put air under enough pressure, it can act as the brakes that would stop an articulated lorry that's travelling far too close to the back of your car. It can also stop a train in the same way. If you pressurize it, it can be used in tools, it can break up concrete, uh, it, it repairs the roads that we have. And of course, that's not everything because air is what keeps you and I alive. It's really important. If we took all the air out of this room, we couldn't do that because it's too leaky. But if we took all the air out of this room, we wouldn't survive very long, would we? we would all uh, curl over and die. Now, why do I tell you that? Because this. You can't see it, but it's amazingly important. Sometimes you see the effects of it. You can't see it, but it is amazingly important. And I think that helps us understand a little bit of what Jesus was trying to get over to his followers... Uh, today in today's reading. They, they've, had, they've had three years with him. They've had three years of journeying with him in ministry. And they've seen him heal the sick and, and cast out demons and do all sorts of amazing things. Jesus had this incredible ministry and they've watched Jesus do all of this. And, and, and now he's aware, this is the final week of his life and he's going to his death and they're aware, he's aware... They're not aware yet, but he's aware that actually he's not going to be physically around for very much longer. Uh, His life's going to be taken from him, so they're not going to have him around. So he's preparing them and he's saying, look, I I might not be around, but, but God's got another gift for you. And it's the gift of the Holy Spirit. And you might not be able to see him, but he's incredibly important. You, you might not be able to see him, but you will see the effects of what he does. God's word's got quite a lot to say, actually, on the Holy Spirit. In fact, the word most often used in scripture for the Holy Spirit is the word ruach, which means air, the breath of God, coming out. So it's, 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 it's this picture of this unseen presence of God in your life and my life. Here Jesus is preparing his disciples, saying, I need you to understand that this God you worship, this Heavenly Father that you declare, this person that I have revealed to you, that's been revealed to you in me, 
the, the things that you've seen me do can now be done by you and through you and with you by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is going to shape your speech and direct your lives and help you to live as uh, members of God's family. So I want to have a quick look at this passage and bring out just a few things uh, today. Let me, uh, we've just had it read, but let me just reread it uh, in little bits. I want to take the first chunk first. He says this, John 14, verse 15. If you love me, obey my commandments, and I'll ask the Father, and he'll give you another counsellor who will never leave you. The, the Spirit of God. He is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. The world at large cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you do because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Now I'll not abandon you as orphans. I'll come to you in just a little while. The world world will not see me again. But you will for I will live again and you will too. When I'm raised to life again you will know that I am in my father and you are in me and I am in you. Those who obey my commands are the ones who love me. Because they love me, my Father will love them and I will love them. And I will reveal myself to each one of them. This is what he's saying. He's saying, look, I'm not going to be around physically anymore. This is the last week of his life. He wants to get something really important over to his followers. I'm not going to be around physically anymore. But I want you to continue to do the work that I've been doing. I I want to commission you to continue to do the work that I've been doing but I know that you can't do it in your own strength it's not possible for you to do it in your own strength you may even be fearful of what you have to do now but I want to commit, ask you to be commissioned to do this he says, but, it, but it won't just be by, in your own way but you'll be by the spirit in you it'll be the, the touch of our heavenly father so number one Uh, God is going to be with us and in us. That's his promise to us in this passage. And it must have been really important uh, to Jesus to get this teaching over to them. He had no plan B. He just had this group of people. We are that same group. He's got no plan B. You are the hope of the world. You are the hope of the world. That's what Jesus says of the church. He says, up to us guys. We're the ones that are bring, to bring something of the kingdom of God. We're the ones. And the thing is, he's anointed each one of us and he has appointed each one of us to do the things to bring, bring something of the kingdom uh, into this world. There's, there's no sort of uh, not signing up. Once you become a Christian, it's like you're enrolled. You're part of the team. We all have to do it. We bring something of the kingdom uh, of God into um, this world. If you've invited Jesus into your life, uh, you've invited the Spirit to live in you. There's something of God within you. So like the disciples, you're also able to share in his presence, to know his guidance, to hear his whisper in your lives. What does this do? It leads us into truth. It directs our lives and helps us to live in the ways that bring something of the glory of God here on earth to make a difference. We may not be able to physically see God, but we can see his presence and physically see the workings of his presence. In the 9.15 service this morning, someone leant over to me and she said, Mark, 
uh, uh, you came and prayed for me last week. You said, I just want to tell you, I've had the stigmatism in my eye. I was really worried about it. It's been there for absolutely ages. You said, uh, we just got prayer last week. So I'd just like to let you know, I went to the um, opticians again on Tuesday, and the optician said, well, it's gone. It's just gone. So I need to look again because it's there, but it's not less gone. She said, that was the Lord last week. Just here in this little church. God does this sort of thing. He does this sort of thing. Lindsay and I went to a wedding this week. We went to a wedding yesterday, but we also went to a wedding on Thursday. Uh, My oldest friend, Chris, his daughter was getting married. And uh, we went along to the wedding. And uh, as we were there, we sat down, and this person behind us tapped me on the shoulder and said, Hi, can I say hello? So I said, Sure. So we said hello, this conversation together. And um, uh, uh, he said... um, he, he, he said, you don't know me, but he said, I come to new wine. I said, oh, yeah, okay. So we had this conversation about new wine, you see. And he said, can I, can I tell you something that happened at new wine last year? I said, sure. I was struggling because so I put my back out on Wednesday. So I'm a bit tender today even still. Um, but he said, let me, let me just tell you something that happened at new wine last year. He said, someone I work with said their back was all like tense like this. She was curled over. I can't bend over like she could bend over then because my back hurts if I bend over. But she was all curled over. He said she was in the main venue all curled over like this. He said, and there was a call for someone to go to the front. And so she went to the front. He said, I saw her. She went to the front like this. He said, I know her. So I saw her before. And when she came back from prayer, she was like that. He said, God did something amazing in her life. He said, it's the first time I've ever seen a before and an after of the work of God. You can't see him, but you can sometimes see the effects of him. That's what we do every time we pray uh, in ministry. We also met, this is my oldest friend. His brothers were there, Steve and Mark. They were there. My oldest friend's name is Chris. Steve and Mark were there. Steve's always worn glasses. And uh, uh, he's been deaf in one ear, wears a hearing aid. And um, uh, when he came up to say hello to Linz, Linz didn't recognize him. I think he was a bit hurt by that. But she didn't recognize him. So he came out very friendly. You know, hi, nice to see you. She was like, who are you? You know, he was being terribly friendly. Kisses all over. And he's like, well, you know, she was like, who is this person? I said, oh, it's Steve. And uh, we had a chat, and she said, well, what's different? He said, well, I put on about four stone. That's quite different. It was quite different. But, but the other thing was, he said, I haven't got any glasses anymore. She said, well, why aren't you wearing glasses? What happened? He said, well, I went up for prayer in church, their church. They worship in Aberystwyth. Went up for prayer in Aberystwyth. He said, I went up for prayer. He said, and I thought I was going up for prayer for my hearing, because my hearing had gone. So I went up for prayer for hearing. He said, and the person that prayed for me kept praying for my sight. He's thinking... My glasses are fine. It's my hearing that's the problem, you know. <laughs> I'm happy with my glasses. I quite like to get rid of the hearing aid, you know, that sort of thing. And uh, his wife, Jan, she was, she was behind going, it's his hearing, you know. Not his glasses, it's his hearing. And um, he said, anyway, she prayed for me. He said, and I didn't need glasses after that. It was about four years ago. You can't see the Spirit, but you can see the effects of the Spirit. What Jesus promises here, like the disciples, he said, look, while you've been with me, you've seen me, but you've also seen the effects of my ministry. But now what you're going to do is you're not going to see me, but you're going to have the Spirit with you and in you. That's his promise. He says you're going to have the Spirit with you and in you, and you will see the effects of the Spirit at work. 
we will have the Spirit with us and in us. And I, and I, 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 I think we should pray for exactly that. We should pray for the Spirit to come and fill us today, afresh. Come today again. If that's something that Jesus promised, if that's something he encourages, I think that's something we should pray for. That the Spirit will be in us and with us. That means wherever we go, the Spirit of God goes. Wherever we go, the kingdom of God comes. Wherever we go, the presence of Christ is. We bring, we're here to bring change in this world. We're here to bring something of the presence of God. And we do that in and through our lives. So the first thing is that Christ is with us and his spirit is in us. Second thing, reading on from verse 23, it says, All those who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them and we will come to them and live with them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not do what I say. And remember, my words are not my own. This message is from the Father who sent me. And I'm telling you these things now while I'm still with you. But when the Father sends a counsellor as my representative, and by the counsellor I mean the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and remind you of everything I myself have told you. Firstly, the Spirit is with us and in us. And secondly, the Spirit is there to help us to do his work. If you love me, he says, you'll do what I say. If you love me, you'll do the, what I command. If you love me, you'll do the things of the kingdom. We are called, commissioned, and sent. Jesus uses that word sent several times of himself. Over 40 times he says of himself, I'm sent. I'm sent by the Father to bring the things of the kingdom of God. That's what he says. I'm a sent person. And the day we gave our lives to Christ, we became sent people. He's commissioned us. He sent us. He sent us to bring something of his kingdom uh, in this world. Uh, we sat down. We sat down at uh, uh, this wedding on, on Thursday, and um, uh, it was a, it was a civil wedding. So it was there was nothing of God in it. My best mate insisted on saying grace. He said, "I'm paying for the food, so I'm going to say grace." Although good for you, Chris. They didn't. The, the couple didn't want anything of God in it. And we sat down at this table. I sat down to next to this lovely couple. Lynn's was going one way. You know, you know what it's like when you don't know anybody at the table. And she was going one way and I was going the other way. And really, I'd quite like to have chatted to her, actually. But anyway, she was going one way, this other, and I was going the other way. Just sitting chatting to this couple and spent two and a half hours just talking about Jesus Christ. Just, that's what we're called to do. You know, that, that's just what we're called to do. We're called to just talk about the things of the kingdom. And the things of the kingdom are such good news. We've got such good things to share. Things that will bring life and light into people's worlds. I don't know about you, but sometimes we can feel, can't we? We can feel like a, a little fish in a very large pond. You know, it's like, what difference can we make? But you know, the words we use can bring a difference. If we would just share uh, our faith. God's calling us to, and it's not, you know, it's not, um, uh, people sometimes say to me, well, it's all right for you because you're a vicar. I didn't tell anybody I was a vicar. Just, I was just Mark. That was, just my, that was my name tag, Mark. I was just Mark. But I was Mark who loves Jesus. That's what we've got to do. And I'd like to tell you about Jesus. He's the one that makes a difference in my life. And he's the one that makes a difference in your life. 
And the Spirit is there to help us. All the way through my conversation, I was praying most of the time, Lord, what shall I say next? Um, you know, how can we uh, keep this conversation going and interesting so that we can sh- talk about the things of the kingdom? It actually wasn't difficult in the end. Um, and some people can think, you know, well, surely it's not possible that God would use me. Um, I'm happy to believe uh, and live my life as a Christian, but I don't necessarily want to do the things of God. Well, the thing is that we don't have to do it in our strength and that the Spirit commissions us to do it. He fills us to do it. He encourages us to do it. Every now and again, every now and again I'm saying something. I'm in a conversation with someone, I say something and something comes out. Does this happen to you? And I think, gosh, that was really quite profound. Does that happen to you when you're speaking? think, where did that come from? Does that happen to you? Or am I the only nutter here? Does it? No, don't, no, don't say I am the only nutter. Don't say that. But it does sometimes, doesn't it? You'll say something and you think, gosh, where did that come from? That was the Lord. That is the Lord. That's what the Lord does. Every now and again, you say something and you think, well, I asked the Lord to be part of this and out comes the Lord. It couldn't have been me. I wouldn't have any thought of anything quite so profound as that. I wouldn't find the words to wrap around that sort of thing. But, but he puts the words there for us and, and the Lord comes out. That's what the Spirit does with us. Promises to speak, help us when we open our mouths to speak the things of the kingdom of God. Jesus promised that when the Holy Spirit came, we'd receive power to be his representatives. The book of Acts records that exactly, that this exactly happened in the early church. This group of followers hiding away in an upper room. And then the Spirit comes and all of a sudden, they're out there telling everybody about Jesus. They're empowered to do it. And in so doing, they see the kingdom of God come. It's not just in the New Testament, though. In the Old Testament, it's the same. The Spirit came. The Holy Spirit has always been empowering people. In Judges 14, it says about Samson, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him in great power. So he was able to tear tear a lion apart with his bare hands as he might have torn apart a young goat. In the Old Testament, though, the Spirit was always on individuals' lives. That's what the disciples knew and understood. That the Spirit came on individuals at particular times for particular reasons. That's what happened. They've got to get used to that. Jesus saying, it's not just going to be for particular times at particular reasons, but the Spirit is now going to come to all of you. It says in Ezekiel 36, he says, and I'll give you a new heart, and I'll put a new spirit in you, and I'll put my spirit in you, and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. In other words, it's not just going to be a once every now and again for certain people who are close to the Lord, but it's going to be for everybody. The Spirit is for you and for me. The Lord wants to come and fill our lives. And that time is now. We stand with the disciples. On that point onwards, from Jesus' death and resurrection and Pentecost coming, that the Spirit would come for you and for me. And when he comes upon us, he remi- we're, we're reminded that we've got to do the things of God. Alan Kilpatrick was speaking last week, wasn't he? Quite, I thought he was just going like, right, let's go for this. He was really going for it. And I was thinking, well, good for you. That's what we've got to do. Expect the things of God. If we expect great things for God, we'll see great things for God. If we don't expect great things for God, we'll see not a lot. But if we're encouraged to expect great things from God, we'll see great things from God.
So firstly, the Holy Spirit, he says to the disciples, he's going to be with us and in us. Secondly, he's going to empower us. He's not just going to live within us, he's going to empower us. We've got to do the will of God. And he's going to help us to do the things of God. And thirdly, he says, it's a gift to us. I'm leaving you with a gift, he says. A gift of peace of heart and mind. Peace I give isn't like the peace the world gives, so don't be afraid or troubled. Remember what I told you, I'm going away, but I'll come back to you again. If you really love me, you'll be happy for me, because now I can go to the Father who's greater than I am. I've told you these things before they happen, so that you'll believe when they do happen. I don't have much time to talk to you, because the prince of this world approaches, but he has no power over me. But I'll do what the Father requires of me, so that the world will know that I love the Father. Come, he says, let's be going. He says, I'm leaving you with a gift. I'm leaving you with a gift, a gift of peace in heart and mind and soul, the gift of the Spirit in our lives. I, I don't think there's a person alive in this world that wouldn't like a gift of peace of heart and mind and soul, is there? P, you know, the peace of heart, a peace of mind, that's what helps us sleep at night. Do you have trouble sleeping? Maybe you need more of God's peace. Maybe you're rather anxious over things you shouldn't be. It says in the Bible, do not be anxious. It says, give it to the Lord in prayer. Maybe you're anxious over things you shouldn't be. If you're having trouble sleeping, you should come for prayer today. The Lord would love to give you a gift of peace. But it's just not just a gift of peace. It's a gift of the Spirit. The gift to come and make a difference in our lives. Everybody's life is filled with challenges and difficulties all the time. What's right? What's wrong? What decisions do I take? Where do I? What do I do? Who do I marry? What career do I follow? What about my exams? What about my promotion? Whatever it might be, he says God's Spirit is there to help us, to guide us, to give us peace in all of these things. He will help us through the challenges and changes of daily life. The Holy Spirit is there for us. So I would like to. It's very simple this morning. Because what I would like to do, most of all, is I'd like us as a church family to pray for that gift today. Would that be all right? Because, you know, we can fill space with words, or we could fill it with the Spirit of God. And I think the Spirit of God is far more profound than I am. So can we stand together? Now we're going to come on up, worship team. Now we're going to we're going to um, we're going to come and receive communion in a minute, and and also today, friends, we're going to give generously to those in need around the world. But before we come and remind ourselves of the gift of God in communion, of His life given for us, the generosity of God. Before we. We give generously to those in need around the world, which I'm, I'm, I'm begging you to do today. I think God would love to give us a gift today. The gift of his spirit. The gift of peace of heart and mind and soul. The gift of more of him. If I asked you the question, I'm not going to ask you to answer it, but if I asked you the question... Who needs more of God in their lives? 
every boyfriend, girlfriend, husband and wife would say, my partner does. Everybody would. It's true. If you're honest, we all need more of God, don't we? That's what we're asking for. We all need more of God. 